Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. I would argue that even if the A12 processor might be a little bit slower and bigger in size, I would argue that the iPad Pro can still handle more multi-threaded functions than the iPad Air could, even if it's a newer processor. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the, the crazy thing is like when I, because I've used Android-based uh, smartwatches and Samsung ones as well, and like the thing that stood out to me about the Series 5 when I got it is how bright the screen was, because in comparison, it's really bright uh, to those other watches. And so to like the next year come out and be like, look, it's two and a half times brighter than it was last year. Like, I was like, that's basically the regular brightness. <laughs> so I'm, re- I'm going to be really curious to see like what it looks like uh, in direct sunlight, because I feel like I haven't had an issue with the always on screen like being too dim like i feel like i can always see it pretty well but this is certainly better and as long as it doesn't kill battery life uh, it sounds like it'll be uh, a big improvement welcome to the special edition of ipad pros as you know this show normally doesn't cover news but i want to do this special release of ipad pros to cover the september 2020 apple event on this episode you'll be hearing from two different guests to open up the show is Jeff Perry, who will be on the regular edition of iPad Pros next week to talk about all that he's doing with the tablet habit and the iPad in general. We dive into all of the iPad-related announcements for the September 2020 Apple event, including the new 8th generation iPad and the 4th generation iPad Air. So that's going to open up this episode. And then the closeout of the show is a lengthy discussion with Matt Birchler about the Apple Watch. We are both huge Apple Watch fans and thought it'd be fun to deep dive into the Apple Watch on this bonus episode of iPad Pros. You can find Matt's work, including a fantastic review of WatchOS 7 on birchtree.me, and you can find Jeff's awesome iPad newsletter at tablethabit.com. As a reminder, you can support this podcast over on patreon.com slash iPadPros, and if you haven't left a review yet of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that is another great way to support this show. I hope everyone's been enjoying iPadOS 14 and playing around Scribble as that OS update is now available. And with that, here's this very special edition of iPad Pros, all about the September 2020 Apple event. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me back, Tim. Sure thing. I should have said welcome back, but uh, most people in the future, so a little inside baseball, Jeff will be (laughs) on next week's episode, as I mentioned in the introduction to this episode. So if you're on the Patreon, you've probably already heard that episode. But if not, uh, yeah, Jeff will be back next week to talk about all that he's doing, tablet habit and the iPad in general. So as you heard about in the introduction, this will be about just the September 2020 event. And in particular, me and Jeff are going to talk about the iPad-related announcements. So there were two new iPads announced. They kindly pointed out that the iPad Pros were already updated this year, wonderfully, and that uh, just the full size. So basically, every iPad will be updated this year, except the Mini. <laughs> yeah, the sad, sad, lonely Mini. It's just the one that it's not going to get updated this year. <laughs> Maybe next year, Mini. Yeah, I'd love an iPad Air-style <laughs> refresh for that Mini, because that, that is basically the old iPad Air uh, design and like specs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, basically, yeah. pretty much. I mean, it's to a T. I mean... Um, it's like a hand-me-down, really. I mean, if you compare the the old iPad Air to the new iPad 8, I think it is? Yeah, 8th gen. It's yeah. the exact same guts. It's just in the older design, and you know, that's about it. And then the Mini is, an, is a sub, substitute of that before, I believe. I forget what processor. I think the A10 is still yeah. in the Mini, but maybe I'm wrong. I think so, okay. yeah. Maybe it's, got, maybe it's been bumped up since then, but I think the, 
the A10 processor is what the Mini has now, which isn't horrible. I mean, I've had an iPad that had that before. I used to have the iPad 7 and use that a lot and loved it. And it worked surprisingly well. And it was a workhorse of a machine. But um, seeing that the, the A14 is now in the air and the uh, the iPad 8 now has the A12, I believe. Yep, A12 Bionic. Uh, it's, yep. it's, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good bump. And it's a really good uh, difference between the two machines to kind of you know, warrant the cost and things like that. But yeah, before I, you know, dive too deep, Tim, what, um, what's, uh, what were your thoughts on the, on the event and the iPad stuff? So pretty cool iPad related stuff, right? Eighth gen iPad seems to be all about performance. All they did was put the A12 Bionic in, which is 40% faster CPU and two times better GPU than the last edition of this, the seventh gen. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's good that they keep updating it and nothing too exciting there except for, yeah, keep it modern. Don't let it fall behind which is great the air is super interesting from a lot of different angles yeah. as we'll talk about that thing is very curious <laughs> i don't uh, know if that was an intentional pun with the angles line but i loved it it was not but it's great that it <laughs> lines up that way too <laughs> yeah perfect yeah i mean the the i mean let do you want to talk about the eight first do, yeah let's, let's talk about the dive right in? yeah let's do an order how they framed it was interesting with the comparison of the other competitors the windows laptops two times faster android and chromebooks and just how much faster they are mm-hmm. and to me that was just a it was a nod basically comparing it to potential uh e- like e school stuff or uh like enterprise options i think it was just a matter of like this is a great machine if you want to use it for a ton of people and save a decent amount of money like mm-hmm. if you're a school looking for a compatible machine that's better than a chromebook this is the one to go with because it's 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 cheap. Uh, it is something that is uh, affordable and people really enjoy it. And a lot of the kids probably know how to use it because they probably have one at home or something yeah. like it at home. So it was a good selling point. And they showed off the Logitech trackpad case as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I've had that case. I've had that case when I had my old iPad Seven. That case is fantastic. I wrote about it a while ago. I'll, I'll send you a link for show notes. And uh, I really enjoyed that that case when I had it with my iPad 7. It was it was actually like one of the most functional keyboard cases I've ever had. There are some things I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But like anybody that's just spending $320 on an iPad and wants to spend another 100 and hundred bucks and change on a keyboard case that offers a full keyboard and trackpad support like for less than five hundred dollars you're out the door with a pretty fantastic computer yeah and yeah just a, it's a super compelling ipad at that price point like original ipad that was 499 and it was a great ipad but you know they've come down in price quite a bit and that 329 is mm-hmm. super compelling if you don't want to take that leap to ipad air or pro uh, or can't and you still want a really good machine yeah or can't still yeah maybe you're financially option. constrained and yeah this is a great option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the air. Yeah, <laughs> I so many. I have so many thoughts, and I, I, uh, I can barely keep any of them in. Like, I'm trying to like create a list of things I want to write about for Tablet Habit and just kind of get out there. But boy, am I like chock full of uh, opinions and, and theories, and I've got. I, <laughs> I basically have a corkboard full of yarn that's tied around one thing to another because I can kind of see. In my opinion, I can kind of see what. Apple has in store for us in the future for both iPads in the future and for uh, the iPhones, in my yeah. opinion. But we, I mean, we can get real into it. We can get real deep and crazy, or we can just talk about the specs real quick. So let's just generally talk. This is fourth generation, and it compares to the iPad Pro 11 inch in a lot of ways. So the main differences are you lose you lose ProMotion, 
which is mm-hmm. if you remember back with the 10 half inch ipad pro to the old air that was like one of the big differences between the old air and the old 10 half inch pro otherwise they're basically identical so it's interesting we're seeing that again with this air it's basically yeah same as far as that uh touch ids in the side button which is super interesting no face id the camera sadly did not move in this opportunity to redesign anything they just left the camera in the mm-hmm. <laughs> same place it's always been so that's uh it's 100 nits less bright than the pro so there's that difference mm-hmm. as well um two speakers instead of four otherwise a lot similar same battery life uh apple pencil 2 support magic keyboard support usb-c uh price it's 150 dollars premium to go with the ipad pro at the same storage capacity so 256 mm-hmm. gigabytes is 749 for the air versus 899 for the um for the pro and it's mm-hmm. 0.04 lighter than the pro so a little bit lighter Camera is the same on the back, except for there's no ultra wide and there's no LiDAR. And then other than that, the A14 Bionic chip is in there, which is a five nanometer chip. And it's not a direct comparison to A14, the A12Z, because the pros have that X or Z, which is a very much beefed up version of whatever the A12 was. It's not the same chip. So to compare the two is not that simple. So I'm curious to see benchmarks when those eventually come out. Yeah, I am curious too. Like I wrote about my take on how this iPad Air kind of draws the line of what is and isn't a pro worthy thing because when the macbook air came out i don't know you know how far into your apple history you are tim but when the macbook air came out i was reading up on like how they were comparing this to the macbook pro like how does this compare like there's there's certain similar similarities and differences that were kind of there with the with the air and the pro yeah i sold my I had a 17-inch MacBook Pro, and I sold it the senior year of college. That was the first year the iPad Air was revealed. I sold it, and I got a Mac Mini and that first-generation iPad Air or uh, MacBook Air. So I gotcha. Went, so I did use that original MacBook Air. That thing was a fun little machine. <laughs> Say the least. It, it was in, that was an interesting first-generation. Yes, it was. I will a little say that. door latch and all that. Yeah. <laughs> but like i mean now i'm kind of seeing the the similarities between that era and this era when it comes to the ipad air and the ipad pro like I, you know we went over the differences that the oh colors the two... we get to have fun because oh, we yeah, have the yeah. air so we get a really awesome green <laughs> sky blue we got the gold yeah. back which i miss i miss having a gold ipad pro but the green and blue, especially, man. The green and blue were really interesting to see. I was very, uh, and the rose gold is actually like way more pink than I ever remember any uh, any other previous rose gold. I do wish they were more saturated, like the Apple Watch uh, red and blue. Those look super hot. These are are mm-hmm. nice looking, but I I I greatly prefer the highly saturated colors for my tech equipment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people really want. Really want as like boisterous and uh, saturation as like the the iPhone five C colors. Like people really want that back. Yeah. Uh, and and as a iPhone five C owner, I, I I can definitely see the appeal. It was a really fun device to kind of have. But but yeah, I mean like the the colors are fantastic with the air. 
But uh, the processor... It's a shame it didn't release magic keyboards in the sky blue and green. <laughs> I, want, I, like, I can't imagine that they would actually do that just because of like how little people... Maybe, I mean, well, I take that back because maybe some iPad Pro users would want colorful keyboards. Oh, sure. Well. So maybe... I don't know what the, what, what, what the market would really have to constitute the price, but like... Maybe you chalk it up for an extra hundred bucks and sell it as like a pro premium kind of thing, like they do with the black keyboard. And mice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe they could get away. I was with also it. I don't know, saying but... I, I want a blue or green Apple pencil. That'd be interesting. Oh yeah, I mean everyone gets those wraps and stuff nowadays, but they just don't look the same. But yeah, yeah if you got like an actual Apple supported colorful pencil, I'm all in. Yeah, I'd be. I mean, colors are fun. They are. And I'm, I'm as a like a pro owner of an like i have the iphone 11 pro and the ipad pro as someone that owns that stuff i wish that colors would kind of be brought back and, and brought into the pro world but apparently pros only care about performance and they don't care about fun I mean, that's <laughs> kind of how yeah it seems anyway so you were saying about the processor before i uh, interrupted about the fun colors yeah i mean the the processor i'm very very curious about because to go into it like the the a14 bionic has a six core cpu and a four core gpu compared to the a12 Z, which has an eight core CPU and an eight core GPU, so twice as many cores and fifty per, and, and you know thirty three percent more core for the CPUs. Yeah. Now that's like 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 you said before, that's not necessarily comparing apples to apples. Like this is very def, this is very comparing two different kinds of fruit here, apples to oranges kind of kind of game. But I would argue that even if the A twelve processor might be a little bit slower and bigger in size, I would argue that the iPad Pro can. St- still handle more multi-threaded functions than the iPad Air could, even if it's a newer processor. Yeah. I mean, that, that I, I would just say that, like, if you're a user of, like, LumaFusion or Ferrite or, like, any of the other, like, pro apps that are kind of out there that do take up a ton of power and do use as much power as your iPad has, then you would definitely see a difference in that. But, like, I... When I, when I wrote about the iPad Air earlier, I basically said that like the iPad Air is going to fit most people's cases and uses. It'll be the defaults. It's the default iPad for most people, I'd say. Storage mm-hmm. is a big one. If you are a pro user, you will run into that 256 in no time. That is, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to happen. And uh, ProMotion, I love it. I don't think I could go back. But yeah, if, if money is a concern or there's, I mean, not even that, like if you want colors, there's all sorts of compelling things about this iPad. Touch ID is compelling. If you're not in the face ID, yeah. touch ID is a cool technology. I'm very excited about the touch ID power button because I am very optimistic that that we brought into an iPhone at some point, maybe not this year, but maybe next year. Yeah, even dual dual sensors where you have both options. Mm-hmm. Or or they might do a thing where the they're well, I guess it doesn't really make any sense to do a phone that's pro that has Face ID and a phone that's non-pro to have Touch ID. I would argue I'd go with a phone that has Touch ID over Face ID, especially during the current times. I mean, they've done a great job as far as like when you have a mask on that they notice that you need to put your passcode in. But if I could just do Touch ID, man, it would be fantastic. And I would be very happy. <laughs> like, I, As much as I like Face ID, it's not as fun as Touch ID and not as usable, in my opinion. Yeah, for people that use uh, outer box cases, they'll have to figure out how to work around that i guess well that's for Outerbox to figure out i mean i'm sure they'll find something to do oh yeah and they've got a boatload of money and other cases are going to probably have the cutout for the button and mm-hmm. 
you know, Apple will probably make it even better as far as water resistance and, you know, all that stuff. So yep. it'll probably work itself out over the time and, and kind of do it from there. But is it possible that Apple somehow got this fingerprint thing in the iPhone and the sources just haven't leaked it somehow because it, it doesn't come through in whatever inventory they're looking at possibly i mean lately through the rumors i've seen it's basically just like chassis and and cad designs that they're going off of because that's basically what these manufacturers are leaking stuff to the case makers get yeah to the case makers and to and to that kind of stuff like from what i can understand that's kind of how a lot of these leaks come out is when cases start getting made and and they get early access to those kind of designs and i think apple knows that enough to know to basically be like here's the designs do with them as you will and we'll tell you more about them as we get closer but that time has not come yet because it's you know they pushed it to october obviously yeah and you know we'll see what happens but so yeah i'm curious i no one's thinking it'll be this year but that'd be really cool if it was that would be a great that would be a great surprise and it would be a very welcome surprise in my opinion yeah uh, this iPad Air does do the tap the wake thing just like the uh, standard Pro does. So the screen is touch sensitive in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has Apple II support or Apple Pencil 2 support. Right. Which I, I was, I was, I, I mean, it makes sense because it's of the new design, which we can get into. And it's USB C. So um, it's USB C. So, I mean, those are things that I thought were only like uh, going to be available for the iPad Pro that has now since been reduced, not reduced, but like has also been brought into the iPad Air world. Yeah. So now more and more people can enjoy that. And Apple smartly knows accessories is where they make a boatload of money. So let's have the more expensive pencil and keyboards available for ev- more people. I would also argue that the Apple Pencil 2 is actually just a better product in general because of the gesture control. It is. It has. Yeah. And, and I think that Apple's kind of wanting to phase out the Apple Pencil first generation. And I think that going to the iPad Air first is a great choice. And I had the prediction that the iPad 10, not the iPad 9, but the iPad 10 will get the new iPad Pro redesign and have flat edges. That'd be interesting. They might even yeah. skip 9 and go right to 10. That's my guess. I mean, they're just calling them generations. So it'd be weird to call it the iPad 10th generation when it's actually the 9th. <laughs> Right, I hope that they start doing that with uh, with iPhones at some point, but I don't think that I don't think that the marketing team is there yet. Not quite. No, uh, you lose a tenth of an inch in the display, so I guess the bezels are slightly bigger in this thing. Yeah, it looks like it's the iPad 11, uh, 11 inch body, but with a ten point nine inch display, so the bezels are just a hint uh, bigger. Yeah, uh, which I mean. It's not a deal breaker in my opinion. Like I think a 10.9 inch iPad is a fantastic size and kind of meets that middle ground perfectly. But as an iPad 11 inch owner, I, I'm very worried that the iPad Pro is not going to continue at the 11 inch line, which kind of makes me a little worried. But uh, I hope I'm optimistic that they'll continue still offering an iPad Pro in the 11 inch because I am of the opinion that the 12.9 inch is just too big for me. I understand why other people really enjoy it, but I really, really, really like the 11 inch size. And if I have to go and upgrade my iPad in a few years and they don't offer the iPad pro at 11 inches and I have to get the iPad air, then I guess it's what I'm going to do because I don't want a bigger screen. I like the screen size that I have. I just want all the features that the pro version of the iPad offers. So I'm curious to see what Apple does in the next couple of years, as far as, where these two product lines kind of converge and where they don't. And I hope that they continue to offer the iPad Pro in this size, but we'll see. Are you concerned that it'll be 12.9 and 15 inches and they'll 
add a new screen size upward and that's what i'm worried about yeah like i'm worried that the 12.9 is going to be the you know the main ipad pro size and they're going to kind of do away with the 11 inch because they're just like well we already have the ipad air and that's a fantastic machine and we offer pretty much everything that comes with it for the pro except you know a you know potentially lesser processor not enough not as many speakers no face id no lidar smaller screen and no promotion you know all that kind of stuff yeah but you know it's fine it's the, it's that size we want the pro to be bigger because we want that differentiation that we want that differentiation between the two machines and it looks bad on us to have a colorful 11 inch and a non-colorful 11 inch and the non-colorful one is actually better so I'm worried that that's going to happen and the iPad Pro line is just going to be either 12.9 inch only or they will beef it up to a 15 inch or a 14.5 or whatever. Yeah. I would love a bigger um, iPad Pro as an option. And in the Mac world, there is a MacBook Pro at 13.3 and there's an iPad or a MacBook Air at uh, 13.3, right? Yeah. And that's kind of my like saving grace is that like, well, they do that with the with the MacBook still. So that's kind of my hope is that they're just like, well, the 11 inch is actually really popular among pro users and that's one of our well we sell more 11 inches than we do 12.9 inch or whatever and they kind of just decide to keep to continue with those two machines in tandem yeah but we'll see i mean uh i hope i really hope that they don't get rid of my 11 inch size because i love it so much and i'm very happy with my decision on it and i would be really disappointed to basically say if you want an 11 inch ipad you have to get the air and you can't get the pro and if you want a bigger screen you have to get the pro and you can't get the air but you know it is what it is and there's going to be downsides to pretty much any decision that apple makes and i know that they probably know better than we do as far as what's popular with their users and what's not is promotion always going to be relegated to pro ipads is that really that expensive to include i think it's a selling point right now okay. i think i i personally think that promotion is actually going to come to iphones next if it isn't already i can't even remember if it is or not it's not yet i don't think it is it's not nope i think it's gonna to come to iphones first to kind of see what people think and how many people turn it off how many people keep it on so it was introduced in 2017 with the ipad so it's been uh three yeah. years or so since its introduction mm-hmm. i'm curious i mean i think they would probably put it on the phone before they put it on a new ipad or a next or a, pre, a different generation of ipad yeah i would argue that's probably better received than putting it on the air but that's just me i also am not a huge like i don't get the appeal of promotion to be honest with you i also have been so used to it it doesn't like phase me anymore so maybe if i turn it off i'll see a big difference but like i love it i mean I yeah love it. it's, it's, I mean, it's buttery yeah. smooth but like i don't notice anything else with it i mean i don't think it's a, a big of a selling point as it is to some people at least for me oh yeah to but a lot of people that don't care people like yeah. me though i i can't imagine using um, my main ipad without it right yeah I, I i don't know i am i'm optimistic that promotion is just a matter of time as opposed to a full featured selling point for just ipad pros i i would argue that it's probably better if they were to go with smaller price or lower price machines to offer promotion uh just as a matter of like getting more people to buy it because it offers such a better refresh rate than any other tablet in that you know ball game of a price you know i think Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of being able to sell more if it offers it i think it's just a matter of trying to get production to be cheap enough to where they can kind of afford to do it yeah so ipad pro in 2021 you see it getting what the a14x and what can they do that more 
make it even more appealing from the air at this point make it smaller i mean i think it needs to be the five five nanometer chip and offer eight core cpu and offer eight core gpu and have it be more powerful less power you know less power consumptive and to you know basically be you know another 20 percent bump between the previous uh chip before it i mean in my opinion they have more stake in how great the ipad pro's processor is because that's what they're going to use for the first generation of arm max that are coming out later this year yeah that's my i mean it's my opinion that like they have such a huge stake in the pro ipad pro market that they have to make those next chips as fast and as powerful as they can because they're going to mass produce them not just for the ipad pro but also this first generation of of arm max whether it be a macbook macbook air or an iMac or something like I think that the more powerful that or Mac mini even I think the more powerful that they make these chips is not just better for the iPad pro community but it's also better for the Mac community that's waiting for the next arm max to come out like I think that's where the chips are kind of you know where the tea leaves are kind of telling us right now is that they want to make that that next processor for the iPad pro as powerful and as uh, useful and uh, you know better but also less consumptive as possible yeah but yeah i'm tra- I'm struggling to think of how do you make the ipad pro even more pro you know bump it up to two terabytes of storage and more ram i don't know make the accessories more affordable That's like i don't want to spend another 300 <laughs> well i mean come on i mean i don't want to spend another 400 dollars on a keyboard for my my ipad pro after i spent you know 900 dollars on it already you know like i don't i'm not a huge fan of spending that kind of dough if i don't have to like i think that and that's kind of why i don't think that the screen size rumors that i've heard hold any water is that they just spent all this money on the magic keyboard i can't see them changing sizes and and completely getting rid of a line that they just made a keyboard for for the 11 inch i just think that it's a waste of of all this time and money that they put into making these keyboards the ipad air would still support it and they just have to make another just bigger keyboard i guess yeah how big are the keys gonna are they are they gonna make the keys the same size and just have a bunch of bezels on the on the left and right of it like are they gonna have speakers connected to it what do they do with laptops they they have a bigger grill for speakers okay yeah i don't know i'll be curious to see what they do with that space Uh, i I mean maybe they make a bigger i mean maybe the trackpad will be bigger i'm sure it can be if they make a bigger screen which would be nice not that I've had problems with the trackpad on my 11 inch, to be honest with you, but um, I think that that might be a selling point. But like, as far as like how to improve the iPad Pro, I'm sure Apple has some answers to this question, but I sure can't find anything unless they, you know, improve the the cameras and front and front facing cameras, especially. So if you're going to use it for like FaceTime and Zoom calls and stuff like that, or if they want to improve you know the io and offer a second uh oh yeah you know usb c port uh usb c port yeah i I don't know that's that's kind of all i have and as far as like big ideas move the camera to the top of the display uh when you're in the keyboard (laughs) yeah maybe they have a second camera in the front but it's it you know it does an accelerometer thing where whatever orientation it is it will go with with that camera yeah you wouldn't even need two face ids you would just need the second one is just a dumb camera yeah I mean, basically, I mean, and it, we've got the bezels right now to kind of support that. And I, I honestly am not uh, opposed to keeping the bezel sizes that they are. I think it's actually perfect for holding and using on the couch and stuff as well as yeah. 
in a desktop mode. Yep, totally. So anything else about the hardware that was unveiled? I'm I'm very happy with it where things kind of stand. A lot of people are gonna say that the the water's kind of muddy between the iPad Pro and the iPad Air, but personally I think that they're just making the mid-tier as best as they possibly can and still fitting within the price point that they want. And offering way more bang for your buck uh, than that did previously. And I think that's a great thing for both iPad Air owners that want to upgrade or iPad owners that want to upgrade or people that are trying to, you know, justify spending money on iPad Pro. Now you can save some money, get the iPad Air, buy an Apple Pencil, then save 50 bucks for whatever else you want. Right. You know, you can kind of get away with that. And, and, and go with the iPad Air and be a very happy customer. And have some fun in your life with some cool colors. So I think that we're kind of in a really good place for the iPad lineup. Hopefully the Mini gets an upgrade, but I'm not going to hold my breath for it. I'd love an iPad Air style upgrade for that Mini. Same kind of look. Be great. Yeah, I mean it would be it would be very sleek. It'd be very cool, but I don't uh, I don't foresee that happening. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm totally off base with that. But we'll see. Yeah. And then uh, iPad OS 14 dropped 24 hours after the event to uh, everyone's surprise. <laughs> so that it's now out. I have never been more empathetic to developers <laughs> than I am this day. <laughs> the amount of developers I follow on Twitter that are just like scrambling to get things out as soon as possible so that they can be part of the iOS 14 launch yeah. has been mind-boggling. And it's not a good day for them. And I feel really bad that Apple kind of you know swindled them into basically having to rush to get stuff out. And I'm very upset that that's kind of how the world works in a market with Apple apps and stuff. It's kind of gross if you think about it from you know outside of our community. Yeah. But I mean, I feel bad for them and I hope that things work out. And if you... <laughs> listeners are interested in apps that you love and they offer a tip jar just tip them a couple of bucks it means the world to them i've talked to a few developers and they always say that when people kind of uh tip them or you know buy the pro version and, and you know leave nice messages to them it means so much to them because it's literally their livelihood so support the apps that you love and, and they'll love you back yeah the most uh interesting thing this time around with os updates is i turned on the offload iphone apps feature to uh, clean up some space on my SE. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't realize some of the apps I use on my Apple Watch, uh, which it doesn't affect the Apple Watch apps themselves, but it stops updating and letting you know about new updates for that iPhone app that then pushes out to your Apple Watch. So I was like, where's the carrot update? Where is, you know, there's a couple different, like Watchsmith. It's like, I'm using these apps every day, but I had to actually on it. So after I reinstalled them on my uh, iPhone, I had to then uninstall for my watch and then reinstall to push that update out to my watch. So that was a little frustrating experience. So if you are like me and turn the feature on and there are some watch only apps you kind of use but have a little iPhone counterpart, uh, check in on those. They might need some help. That's a weird bug and I'm very confused yeah. <laughs> as to how that managed to get through. And there's an app store on the watch and I couldn't figure out like I went to the updates area and they weren't showing up there either. So yeah, it's yeah, interesting situation with the watch on that stuff. I hope you follow the radar for that. <laughs> I should. I have not yet. I, I think you should. I think that might save some people later on that once they start looking at the I hit the uh, Apple Watch Six and and they like have that setting turned on. I've never turned that setting on because I always fear that like things are going to be removed. I haven't even like looked into what offload unused apps even like means it for the saves iPhone. the data locally i think 
for the, like the personal data, but all the app binaries are thrown off the device to clear off storage. Gotcha. So I have okay. a 64 gigabyte device and it's uh, kind of tight on storage. Yeah. Yeah. I think next one I get, I have also got a 64 gig and I've hit my capacity on it lately. So I'm, I'm in the same boat. I think my next phone is going to have to be a bigger storage size. Yep. I went with the maximum available at the time uh, for my phone and I'll be doing the same next time around. Is that true? The iPhone SE only there had a 64 gigabyte? There was a 128 gigabyte, but it wasn't available when I bought it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, that's the big iPad unveils for this fall. And uh, yeah, anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I think I think we've kind of hit all the main points with it. I'm curious to see once people get their hands on it, how it actually looks. And I really want to know how the, the Touch ID works. But yeah, for now, it looks cool. And I hope it works well. But we'll see once we get you know people giving reviews and stuff. So we'll see. For sure. And I want to see some in-person photos of those blue and green iPads. I do too, man. Like I'm, I actually really want to go to a store and just like see one, but COVID. Yeah. So I don't know if I should. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe one day I can, I can go to a Best Buy and they have them in a glass case where nobody else <laughs> right. touch them and I can just look at it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. No, they're super compelling. Uh, these errors. It's super interesting product to how it kind of encroaches on that uh, iPad Pro territory. And it's, I, I tweeted out, long live the 10.5 inch uh ipad pro design that is now dead <laughs> yeah it's officially gonzo and um, that's my favorite home button ipad because the bezels were thinner than they are on this new ipad pro on the sides at mm-hmm. least it was just the perfect home button design for an ipad it was brilliant yeah i i mean it was, it was well it was well designed and i i used to own the 10.5 inch ipad pro loved it um and then uh you know upgrade to the 12 sold it went off to another so i've had a checkered history with ipads yep. as far as what i've used but that was a fantastic machine at the time and i love the size and that's kind of why i went with the 11 inch ipad pro because i remember having the 10.5 inch and it being like the perfect size for everything become whether it be on the couch watching you know youtube or a basketball game or working on writing a story or you know editing audio it worked everywhere so i'm happy with the size and i hope that it doesn't go anywhere yeah but yeah the 10.5 rip <laughs> yep <laughs> so where can people find tablet habit they can go to tablethabit.com or they can uh, go to the new twitter account at tablet habit and they can uh, get all the information there of new stories and updates that come out and uh, but mainly tablethabit.com you can get all the information you need of what it is what it offers and you know read some previous posts there and all the good stuff so tablethabit.com very cool well thank you so much for your time uh today and we'll we'll catch up uh next week for everyone on the next episode of ipad pros yeah absolutely thank you again for having me on tim sure thing welcome back to the podcast matt hey thanks for having me back absolutely so this is like just a special segment i'm not sure how long we'll go could be quite long as we both are big watch fanatics as we're gonna be talking about apple watch stuff yeah it's a it's a it's a big week for the apple watch so uh uh it's it's all that's on my mind (laughs) yeah there's a lot of cool stuff i just first want to dive into watch os 7 uh, a lot of stuff in there a lot of little things a lot of cool things uh first thing i just uh, i learned in your review is they added battery life capacity uh information and i'm at 94 percent after a year which is pretty good nice yeah good job yeah that was um uh it was it was one of those littler things but yeah they kind of added that thing that last year they added to uh the iphones and ipads where it charges up to like 80 percent overnight and then does the last bit before you wake up and you get all the pretty charts and 
battery health things. Yeah, I'm at 92, so a little worse, but uh, but, but I'm always running betas and I'm being relatively reckless with my watch. So that's, <laughs> that's maybe to be expected. <laughs> yeah, I guess Apple won't replace your watch unless it's below 80%. So I can't get a free battery thing on my Apple Care quite yet. <laughs> gotcha. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the optimized charging is really nice and that'll be really good to extend these watches batteries, which as we know can can degrade as they're quite small and in the right circumstances can get, you know, taxed with winter weather and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there and we have that with AirPods, right? AirPods uh, don't last super long. Um, nope. It's a little bigger than that. But yeah, the smaller the battery, the harder it is for it to stay tip top for, for long periods of time. So uh, shortcuts are on the watch again. Well, we had the workflow app, but we now have the shortcuts app. And I've been trying to figure out what to do with this app. Uh, so far, <laughs> I've uh, made a choose menu shortcut to choose from my most popular faces and gave them names that I recognize. That's about it. The weather app doesn't exist, so I can't do weather shortcuts. Uh, I hope Carrot integrates with the shortcuts app on the watch. I don't know. What, what do you finding useful with this so far yeah so that's one of the big things they added this year and for me it hasn't really been a thing that i'm using with third parties um obviously since uh no third party has updated for ios 14 so they've never expected shortcuts to be a thing so uh, they haven't really supported it yet but the, the the functionality around like changing watch faces around like enabling do not disturb and the always on screen and stuff like that that's where i've gotten more value from it uh, so like the thing that I've done, I did like right away and have kind of been tweaking since uh, I started is like, I love this concept of having like a work face for while you're at work and a work face for or a watch face for while you're uh, at home or it's the weekend or something. And so like, I've got some time-based automations that are changing my watch face to like a minimal one for my home time and like a hyper minimal one for weekends. And then when I'm at work, I have like my task manager and calendar and all those, like all the complications I can possibly get on the screen. So that's kind of more what I'm using it for. Um, and it's proved pretty useful to me. And then like with the new thing at iOS 14 where automations can run just with just totally transparently without you confirming them like you used to have to, uh, it just makes it a totally automated way to get kind of the watch face that you want exactly when you want it. Yeah. And I was actually using that over the summer because that works with just the phone running iOS 14, your watch on, you know, watch OS 6. That, that actually runs just fine uh, from the phone. And uh, I had it set up where I still have it set up where like one of my watch faces just shows up for one hour of the day. It's just a little delightful <laughs> change. Then it goes back to something else. And yeah, the work time watch face is a thing I have. And I have a nighttime, which is the red Dieter mode kind of look uh, for mm -hmm. nighttime. And then, yeah, yeah. so I definitely have been using that as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a, there's a million things you can do. Like I've got it based on time right now since I'm working from home, but I envy the the day or I, I, I look forward to the day when I can uh, actually go to an office again and like have it based on time. So like if I take a day off, uh, like today, I have a day off of work today. Uh, and instead of, and I have my work watch face on right now because technically I should be at work or my watch thinks I, or my phone thinks I should be at work. But yeah, it's a, it's super powerful. Even uh, before all the third party apps uh, do things, um, just the stuff that Apple built in is really useful. Kind of lets you build out if you're if you're nerdier and can use shortcuts, you can kind of build out some of the functionality that I kind of think should be there by default. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's super great. Yeah, and when apps start to roll out with multiple complication support, this changing of watch faces I think will be quite awesome to be able to just really really quickly be able to swap between. A bunch of watch faces without having to scroll through that list and the automatic nature as well. That's going to be 
really powerful for those that want to dive into that. Yeah, totally. I mean, they, they, they have a lot of these like uh, recipes. I don't know what they're calling them exactly, but there's like these uh, these suggested watch faces that they have in the watch app in the face gallery. And like they're very specific like use cases. Like there's a photographer one where it's like all these things about like when's the sun going down and uh, they're, they're, you can use third party apps to like find the magic hour and everything. So yeah, I, I think that's going to be a big, big thing too. Um, hopefully that'll kind of drive some third party support to the watch. Um, I feel like it's really been a first like apple stuff is great and then third parties kind of try to find a way to work yeah <laughs> it's never quite <laughs> as good as like the iphone like it's never turned into that app platform um like you we've kind of seen with their I, ipad and iphone and everything but uh it, it's it's thrown a bone to developers so i hope that uh it, it is helpful to them and kind of you know drives revenue and uh gets some cool new use cases for the watch yeah and as swift ui goes everywhere these days uh hopefully the watch will be more included with developers and what they're planning on doing. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sure you've seen it too. I've seen like my developer friends on Twitter who are like, I just wrote a watch app in like four lines of Swift UI. And it's like, I still don't understand what you're doing, but <laughs> it seems very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I tried the share watch face, but I guess that feature is disabled until the GM rolls out to the world in like an hour or so. Mm, yeah, it, it was working for me. Uh, it, can, it doesn't, it, I think... At one point, it spit out a link, like an iCloud link to the thing or to the watch face. And now it spits out a dot watch face file. Oh, interesting. Which you, I, I was kind of confused. Like, why can I only share this through iMessage or like save to files? But uh, yeah, so you can't share it to Twitter right now. I hope you're, I hope you're right. I hope they do make it uh, so it's just a, an iCloud link. Kind of like shortcuts, I think, yeah, do that. right. Yeah, it'd be really nice for that, so you could like share on social media. Um, I just post—I literally right before we sat down to record, posted a picture of a watch face that I'm using, and it would have been great to be able to attach a link for people to download it and just start using it immediately themselves as well. Especially with the the stripes new watch face. We'll get to all the new watch faces in a little bit, but stripes there is a lot to customize there. Like, it oh my take, god, yeah, it could take some time to get the right stripe <laughs> face set up. So someone making the Apple. Uh, old, you know, six colors that way or mm-hmm. whatever. That will be nice to be able to share the stripes because there's a lot of different ones. We're gonna yeah, there. yeah. I, I got overwhelmed when I went to that uh, customization page for the first time. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> options. It's like Apple designs 60 second experiences, creating that watch face. It'll be a good 10 minutes, probably. Yeah, I mean, you can go crazy with it. Like, there's everything, but uh, <laughs> be prepared to take a minute to uh, figure it out. So, something you mentioned in your review is just the interaction with the Apple Watch is a lot faster. And what I was, as I was using it today, it feels like Apple is now finally in control of the speed. So, like, some things are slower on purpose. Like, in the settings app going screen by screen, there is a little slower animation than what it could be. But mm-hmm. if you're just launching apps, going back to the home screen uh, or watch face, uh, it just it's super fast. And it feels like Apple's finally in control. Uh, it's just funny because was it with Series 3? They, like, had this big explanation of how they're doing the faster. And this time, they're just like, hey, we're just going to do it. Yeah, I, they're, they're kind of doing that thing that uh, you can do on Android where it's, there's just, like, a button in the developer settings on Android to make animations play at 2x speed. That's right. basically <laughs> what they did with watchOS for, like, half their animations. <laughs> but it makes it feel so much faster. Like, you're totally right. It, it feels like the same old watch you've been using. It feels like... It's kind of that same feeling when you upgrade a three-year-old iPhone, where you're like, "Oh, this is like this is this is a fresh, new, quicker experience that I'm used to." And it's just they just made the animations quicker, and the hardware holds up. Like uh, the Series Five that I'm using is basically the same uh, performance as the Series Four from two years ago, and it's 
totally fast. Like I don't feel like I'm waiting ever for anything to happen on the watch these days. Yeah. And with the always on screen, I, since day one, pretty much set that to just show the always on display. And if I tap the screen, it'll wake it up to full power mode. And Mm -hmm. uh, now that's a lot better because when you tap, it'll open apps that you can drag from top or bottom. And I forget in the old behavior with uh, the old watch OS, if you hit the crown button, was that just awake or did that also bring you to your app list? Did you have to double click the crown to get to the app list? I believe. Oh, boy. This is one of the challenges with running a beta for <laughs> right. three months is you forget what the old behavior was a little bit. I think it just powered on the screen. I don't think it's yeah, that's to what, your app that's screen what I thought as well. so, too. So, yeah, now it just like everything behaves as if the screen's always on for real. And that's such a nice change. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it takes it. It kind of helps uh, mentally make it so that you don't think of it as like, oh, is it an always on mode or is it just on? Um, It's just the screen is always there and it's going to behave the same. And like, maybe it'll be a little dimmer and it'll have to like come back to life. It'll like, you'll turn your wrist and it'll get a little brighter in front of your eyes. But like, it's always doing the same thing. The behavior is always the same, which is really nice. Yeah. And with the sleep tracking, I I don't see me ever using this because my schedule currently, I I don't have a set schedule where every day it's 8 a.m. I'm going to work. It might be 7. 30 one day seven like it's very consistent mm-hmm. so i wish it hooked up with the calendar in some way like based on my first event wake me up here Ooh, yeah that'd be nice like wake me up two hours before my first yeah calendar event and yeah. then set my bedtime based on that because right now you have to set each day individually and it can't change unless you go in and manually update it right there's no yeah. shortcut there's no shortcuts integration to change your sleep schedule right i i don't believe so no okay <laughs> that'd be nice yeah <laughs> That would be nice, yeah. Uh, you've been using this, I think, in conjunction with other sleep apps, basically to get the sleep mode. Is that kind of the reason why you you're using the built-in one as well? Yeah. Um, so the 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 new built-in sleep uh, functionality that Apple is shipping is is decent, but it's not perfect. It's definitely got some limitations uh, compared to like the apps like AutoSleep, SleepCycle, NapBot, uh, those kind of big ones. So I'm still using AutoSleep just because it totally reliably detects when I get in bed, when I wake up in the morning, um, whereas the built-in one is kind of tied too closely to the alarm. I Basically, if I hit my alarm at 6 a.m. and sleep for another two hours, it thinks I woke up at 6 which is not ideal. <laughs> um, whereas auto sleep will be like, oh, he slept in for until eight o'clock. Um, but I'm still using it uh, because it doesn't seem to hurt my battery negatively, which is great. But it uh, puts the watch into this uh, bedtime mode, which I could probably actually automate with shortcuts now that I think about it. But it puts it into bedtime mode. And when the watch is in bedtime mode, it turns off the always on screen, which is great. And then it also uh, switches the watch face to this only when you're sleeping watch face, which is this super dim uh, black and white watch face that just shows the time and your alarm time. Uh, so you can just see if you like wake up in the middle of the night, you can tap your screen to see what time it is, uh, but you're not going to wake up um, like uh, someone else in the room or anything like that, uh, which the old watch face really did. Like the always on screen is kind of dim and you're, yeah. you're in direct light, but it really lights up a pitch black bedroom. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a, uh, that's, that's a very nice, uh, nice update instead of going into like theater mode every night and remembering to turn that on and off, uh, yeah. since you couldn't automate it before. Yeah. I wish there was a setting to change it from white to red as that's like the more, mm-hmm. more conducive mm-hmm. to not waking up color. I think white's better than some of the other ones like i hate that sure. the nightstand is green like change that to, to red that's <laughs> helps people fall asleep more you know yeah yeah uh, well um, i'll file that away from my watch os 8 uh hopes and dreams <laughs> yeah uh hand washing i tried 
and it didn't work for me. I, I don't have my always on thing to wake up when I turn my wrist. So I don't know if it's linked to that in some way. But yeah, I hmm. couldn't get the work for me. I turned I turned it on settings to make sure it's like, yeah, this is supposed to work. But it's been Weird. working yeah. for you throughout the whole uh, beta cycle and release. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's trained me to wash my hands really well. <laughs> it, like in my experience, it's been rock solid. Like it detects basically every time I wash my hands. Um, and then, uh, yeah, never got any false positives. Uh, I was able to trick it once or twice by just kind of like miming washing my hands, <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's kind of cheating, but yeah, it's, it's, that sucks that it's not, uh, not working for you for some reason. That's weird. Yeah. I need to look into what's going on there. <laughs> Maybe do turn it off of, and on again. I don't do know. Do a lot of hand washing today. See if I can get the work. <laughs> so there are no rest days still in the fit, what's now called the fitness app. But you can yep. customize how many hours you want to stand and exercise. So that's a nice tweak there. Yeah, that's a super nice tweak. Like that's one of the things that they uh, they they didn't. It wasn't in the beta all summer, and then they literally added it to the GM build, which made me frantically update my review. But uh, it 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 is really nice. Um, like the move or sorry the move one you've always been able to customize the red ring, and then the activity one has always been thirty minutes. Uh, and so now you can bump it down to ten or up to sixty. Which is great. Yeah. And then the the stand one is, yeah, you can, 12 is still the max, probably because they don't want people like doing 24-hour stand (laughs) challenges or something and having like bad headlines. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But you can knock it all the way down to six hours if you want. And so I actually bumped mine down to 10 uh, because like I feel like I stand enough, but I don't always fill that ring and it just annoys me. So I lowered it a little bit. Yeah. That's another thing that'd be cool if it was shortcut automatable. So you could, you could make a rest day through shortcuts that'd be nice if they could do that if they're not gonna do it yet yeah totally that's actually that's that's a good idea because yeah you could make you could like have like your morning routine or something like a lot of people have those shortcuts and like one of the questions could be like how are you feeling today and if you were sick then it would like set your move goal to like 100 calories or something or something super low so you'd definitely get it um and then you'd bump it up the next time. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to keep adding notes to my uh, Watch OS 8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which list. Yeah, that's, that, that, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, to be able to dynamically kind of change your goals day to day. Because you can do it week to week. Like every week it prompts you like, hey, do you want to update your move goal for the week? Uh, it'd be kind of cool if you could just automatically do that every single day. Yeah, that'd be great. So Force Touch. I love Force Touch on the watch. It's one of the most delightful things. I have bad it's, news for you. It is gone. It's so sad. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And there's no added battery life with the Series 6, uh, as we'll talk about yeah. later. So I don't know what... I guess the always-on display is brighter, so that's why there's no added battery life. I don't know. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Force Touch, uh, you long press now, which is... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's totally gone. You you long press, and honestly, they, it's based on like watching the uh, WWDC sessions. They don't even want you to build your app to do a long touch anymore. Like they really want you to have all the UI visibly available to users, rather than hiding it away behind kind of like a secondary screen. Which I think probably makes sense, but. It, there's, there's some screen. cases where it's, it's like, come yeah, on. sometimes it's nice. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I wonder, it's one of those things where you got to wonder, like Apple's looking at their analytics and like, I wonder if most people just didn't do the things that were hidden under there. Yeah. And so maybe that's uh, like, it, it is good because it like keeps the screen clean and everything. But like, I wonder if it was like 1% of people were actually getting there and <laughs> it wasn't, uh, they're like, well, those things may not as well not exist. So 
uh, we'll, we'll move it elsewhere. But it's been actually pretty seamless for me. Like, I haven't really missed it as much as I was worried I would. I feel like I definitely missed it on the iPhone more when they re- removed it from the iPhone a year or two ago. Yeah, and it was a really cool thing where as you press down harder and harder, you can see the yeah. UI layer getting deeper and deeper. Like, it yeah. really was so nice. And I, I actually <laughs> thought third-party apps still had forced touch enabled. But as you pointed out, it's just a long press. And even though I was forcing down, it was it was just doing it based on long press. Yeah, if, if it makes it feel good, you can push down. Like, it's fine. Yeah. The uh, haptics are still there, which uh, feels good. But yeah. Yeah, but even the haptics are a little different. Like, it, it, it definitely, it's more of just like the haptic, like, click to let you know that it triggered it. But it's not kind of like that. There was a very distinct kind of feeling, like, as you went deeper, like, in the push, like, quote, unquote, deeper. Yeah. It, it's kind of like you could feel it felt like you were pushing into the screen. It's really hard to explain, but like it, it, it felt very satisfying. Yeah. So that's sad. Cause that was like one of the great things about the UI, but they did address it in different ways. And I don't overall think it's the end of the world as I've been using it today. Um, so yeah, that's just a sad uh, thing to see that yeah, go. Poor one out. <laughs> yep. Uh, Siri on the watch. Do you use Siri that much on your Apple watch? I know the translations were added. Um, how do you find yourself using with Siri? So I'm always surrounded by like Siri enabled devices. Um, I've got home pods at home and uh, the, the iPhone with me. And like the, the Apple watch doesn't do everything through Siri. Like it does most things, but it's kind of hard to keep track. Even as someone who follows the Apple Watch pretty obsessively, it's hard to keep track of what it does and doesn't do. So I tend to just use the iPhone if I have it within within arm's reach. But yeah, the translations are there, and it's it's pretty darn quick. Um, I typically use it for like smart home stuff or like telling me the weather. Although it's on complications, so I don't even do that all the time. So I, I don't think I use Siri that much. But I, I feel like I have been like trying to use it more as I've been finishing up my review to like see how it works. And in my experience, it's pretty quick. Like it's uh, it's much better than it was in the olden days when like you would ask something and then it would like say, "Hold on a second, just a minute," and it would like go through all the. <laughs> I'm I'm processing it. I'm processing it. So I feel like it's better there. But yeah. it's still kind of like that ambiguity about like, will this thing work? Like if I ask how old this person is, will it just show me web results? I, I tend to do more on the phone, I think. Right. Yeah. New watch faces. So we Ooh. got more than one uh, this year. Uh, we got them all uh, today or yesterday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The the second thing that made me frantically go rewrite a whole section <laughs> right. of my review. There is an artist face, which I find the most bizarre. And I really like oh, how so it weird. changes between <laughs> always on and the full power mode. That's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like this outline when you're in all right yeah do you feel yourself using this one at all i mean no but like it's 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 fun (laughs) uh and then memoji which i also i see that one as less useful than the artist face for me it's like i don't want to see my memoji uh, as my watch face Uh, are you different with that one um i actually kind of dig that one okay (laughs) the because you can choose like your own memoji and it will uh it, it makes like smirks and like funny faces and stuff which is kind of fun and then it also has all of the animoji so all the uh, all those like all the animals and robots and dinosaurs and whatever and even the poop one. I'm actually <laughs> going to set mine to the poop right can now. Can you set it to change every time you lift your? You can. Wrist? Oh, that's cool. yeah, okay. yeah. So there's an option to choose like all memoji or all animoji, and so then it'll cycle through them. Oh, that's randomly. more fun, I guess. Yeah. What's it do in always on mode? It just reverts to a, a still image of it. Okay. 
Cool. So it's it's the exact. It looks exactly the same. It's just a still image and full color and everything. Yep. Um, of the of whatever one is uh, in use. And then every time you activate your watch face, it'll change it out to a different image. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. And then we talked about stripes earlier. Stripes is super powerful. Uh, you basically, you're able to make a bunch of different stripes. And is there a limit on, I guess, the quantity of stripes and the minimum of stripes? Yeah. So you can have. Let's see. You can have up to... You have to have at least two stripes, which makes some sense. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a solid color. <laughs> um, and you can go all the way up to eight uh, different stripes, which is uh, quite a bit, but like looks pretty slick. Or Actually, it's nine. Jeez. I've got it set to five, because I think that's pretty good. Uh, but yeah. And you can change the positions, so different angles as well. Yep. Between zero and 90 degrees, there's like 15 degree increments all the way around. So like it, it's wild. And like each stripe is individually customized, so like you can set all of them like manually. There's a kind of a default one that's set that's actually pretty good looking, uh, with kind of these desaturated colors. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I'm I'm planning on using mine to every Sunday for the football season. I'm going to have mine set to Green Bay Packers colors, which is going to be great, <laughs> so I can show my support for for my team. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's it looks really really nice, and I'm sure like this is actually one that's perfectly made for that watch. Sharing yeah that you mentioned earlier because it's such a pain to set it up not because it's like bad or anything just because there's so many like little things to set especially if you use like all nine colors and change the angle and everything so um yeah and there's a full screen mode and a like circular one so you yeah. can have complications on there too if you want how do you reduce the number of stripes do you just match the colors up to have less or what's the it's kind of interesting if you play with the uh watch face configuration um it works on the watch and on the 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 phone but yeah there's just like another option for number of stripes and then you uh, cycle between one and nine yeah i'm on the i I just jumped right the color and missed the whole stripes uh number there okay cool yeah, so then you, I think you always can have all nine set of the colors, but then you just tell it how many to actually display, and it displays the first however many you tell it to. That's really cool. And yeah, just having two stripes, that's good. I mean, there's some cool things you could do with it, I think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one's got potential. <laughs> <laughs> uh, GMT. Uh, this lets you wa- look at the time in various time zones? Yeah, um, I'm still figuring this one out. I don't. I feel like I don't fully understand... <laughs> how this works um <laughs> like i'm looking at it but i don't know what i'm supposed to get from it yeah i have it up now oh nope i see i get it now okay what's the what's the deal with this thing so you have to so when the screen is enabled uh-huh. or like you're just looking at the watch face tap in the middle and then you can set you can like cycle through different oh cities it looks like yeah cupertino san francisco yeah so i can do like london which is relevant for me and now London is on. Yeah, so it shows me that the time is five, a little after five in London, which is right. Okay. So that's yeah. pretty nice. So, yeah, the watch face has your regular time with the dials, mm-hmm. but is that little circle? There's like a circle dot thing. Yep. And that's yeah, the little... time elsewhere. Is that right? It, it looks like it. Yep. Okay. Uh, kind of learning this on the fly. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the real power also is you can just. At a moment, just tap in the middle. Yeah, that's the real power, right? You just tap in the middle. You're not entering like edit watch face mode. You just tap in the middle and you just look at all these different time zones. Yep. In different. Yeah, cities. and actually, it looks like you can just turn. You can just turn the dial too. You don't even need to tap. Just turn right. the dial, and it'll go to it. Oh, very cool. So like the so old behavior slick. of uh, 
that uh, time warping thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't change what uh, cities show up in there in the watch app on the phone, can you? It doesn't look like it, no. Okay, so just that's the cities that Apple deemed important. I guess so. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Good job, everyone on the list. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's funny that Cupertino and San Francisco are both listed, I believe. It's like, yeah, yeah that's, come on. That's, that's classic <laughs> Apple for you. Right? Because, yeah, that's the only one where it's two in the same. No, I guess there are a couple that are. No, yeah, that's the only one where there's two of the same time zone, I think. That's classic. That's classic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best Coast, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> and then the artist face. Any other faces? There's a chronometer pro. Is that right? Are we missing anything else? Yeah, um, the 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 one that I really dig is the uh, typograph one, which is just a. It's kind of a full screen watch face, and then it just shows uh, the numbers for each hour. Or there's a really cool one I like that's just it shows it shows uh, twelve, three, six, and nine, and okay. then you can choose yeah. a bunch of different fonts to do it in. Uh, it's I, I love this one actually. <laughs> it's not very practical, but it reminds yeah. me of one we got last year. But yeah, this one's really nice with all the options you can have here. Yeah, which one were you thinking of from last year? Um, let me look at my watch here. There's so <laughs> many of them now. <laughs> I mean, it's vaguely similar to like Numerals Duo, but mm-hmm. all these different options with it. Yep. Yeah. Numerals Quattro. And then, yeah, I guess. and then just regular Numerals Mono and like all just like different watch faces to show the time. And like, yeah, here's the numbers in classy ways. Yeah, it's kind of like the the Nike face. So the one that's exclusive to the Nike editions, um, which I've actually never owned. So I've never gotten to use it. But they have kind of like they're more sporty numbers. I think they're green, maybe. But uh, yeah, the Nike watches faces have had one kind of like this for a few years. So I've always been kind of jealous of that one. I just have never been patient enough to wait for the Nike one to come out. So (laughs) I've never gotten one. But yeah, this is a this is a really it's kind of a minimal look. It's not going to give you complications. It's not going to uh, be the most easy to tell the time. But when you want your watch to look just classy, uh, I think it's a <laughs> it's pretty good. And the chron- chronometer pro, it's got like a tachometer. I'm not sure what what I'm supposed to be using this for. Yeah, it's it's like a it's I don't know. It, it, the way I described it is a it's imitating the analog way of doing a stopwatch on a watch, but like. There's a stopwatch on the watch already that's so much better, so why not just use that? But <laughs> yeah. that may be just me being a non-watch uh, aficionado, uh, being ignorant. But like I, I tried using it. That was the one watch face that was there when the beta started uh, back in June, and I tried using it, and it just it, it never clicked for me. So yeah. I, I never really stuck with it. So one of the coolest announcements is this whole family setup thing. And uh, basically for 10 bucks, I believe, you can add a kid or even, I guess, a regular adult who doesn't want to use an iPhone. Uh, they mm-hmm. can get their own phone number. And, I, and I, I don't know how the technical details on this. Like, could you port... Could I port, like, my iPhone number to just an Apple Watch and get rid of my iPhone if there's another iphone in the house I don't, or does it have to be a brand new number because the idea is this is their first number yeah I, do, I don't know the details of that setup it what it sounded like to me is kind of a way that you so when you buy a cellular watch you set it up in the watch app you set up cellular and then with your carrier it's basically another line so yeah. your watch has its own phone number and everything but you um, don't really need to know that phone number because it all exactly. pairs to the same number yep 
Yeah, so I think that's how this is going to work, too. Um, they didn't really go into a ton of details, and I don't see it on their site. Like, And the carriers, I'm sure, can do like different things uh, themselves. So I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work precisely, but I'm go- if I was guessing, I would say it's probably going to be like that, where you'll get a new line, like one of these special lines set up with your carrier for the phone, or for sorry, for the watch, and then your phone will just manage the watch as if it were your own, but it's it's kind of its own thing independent operating independently yeah and like if they have an ipad uh with mm-hmm. iMessage, i imagine that phone number can be linked up and like i'm very curious about this because like i could see a future where you just oh, have an yeah. iphone or you just have an ipad and an apple watch and you'd save a lot of money on an iphone line if you could just get by with that sure yeah i mean the yeah that's actually that's a good point because you're gonna have like the, especially like they're marketing it towards kids and what like, happens when the kids grow up again they port that number mm-hmm. to uh, both an iphone and an apple watch to have both of those like it's an adult uh, g- uh grandpa and grandma like yeah they probably i don't know if they have a flip phone can they like ch- port that to an apple watch if they just want to go that route like yeah, a lot of questions with this. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but you're right. Like those like kids and older adults are definitely groups who are going to have an iPad as well. So, um, yeah, I, I this, <laughs> this is a this, you, you, I'm 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 at, I'm feeling kind of like an overwhelmed uh, T-Mobile like support person right now. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> explain to me how this works. And they're like, um, <laughs> OK, so here's the deal. <laughs> we uh, discovered parents can send Apple Pay cash to the kids or uh grandpa's or grandma's watch and have that mm-hmm. available i'm not sure if you could also give them a credit card on that watch like you could like any other apple watch yeah yeah a lot of questions with this one yeah i'm i i i, I don't have good answer it's exciting though because this is the first step to like truly you don't need an iphone or a phone of any kind to use your apple watch it's just a standalone device yeah i mean we've i've I, we've been wondering if they're going to do that if that's in the cards at all like it took the iphone a couple years to get there uh same with the ipad and now like it seems like the apple watch should be able to do that and like this is kind of that but it's it's not it's there's like a big asterisk next to it yeah but yeah it feels like the the groundwork is there to to make it happen just to have anyone if you have an android phone um walk into an apple store and buy one if they wanted yeah they basically need to add icloud backup on the watch itself i think that's one of the missing things because then you could just set it mm-hmm. up on the watch and it could back up to icloud and you'd be all set if you need to get a new watch and restore it somehow i guess typing a long password would be challenging without a phone like there there are some challenges but yeah they could get by it somehow yeah the setup would have to change um updates would have to happen on the watch now instead of being like downloaded to the phone and then transferred over so there's a little bit of stuff there but maybe web management like you go to a website and you could add like adding apple cards to apple pay could be mm-hmm. done some yeah yeah that's like yeah how do you there are some set of things that would be challenging yeah for sure but i it, you know it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty close and like if you get a cellular watch today even like you do that initial setup and then outside of software updates the watch can basically operate independently entirely from that point on oh yeah which has been very handy because uh my my original iphone se it's been on the betas mm-hmm. all summer and uh now it's uh, says service battery and uh, just doesn't run unless it's plugged into external power and at times it'll be plugged in and just die for about three or four hours until it decides to come back on so 
My watch no, no. has been very handy until yeah, until I eventually upgrade to this iPhone 12 finally mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> have a phone that works uh, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but it's been great because uh, the Audible app will function offline. It, they still don't have library support, so you have to sync it over from the phone. But once you do that, mm-hmm. so you have a nice long book that can last you a while. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, anything anything else on WatchOS 7 before we move on to the hardware? I, I, I think we hit everything, really. <laughs> There, it's it's uh it, it was, I think it was a solid update, um, but it's 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 a it's a watch. It's not a full computer or anything. So uh, the, the changes are a little more incremental. But yeah, I, I think it was a good update. Uh, just not a, a list that's a million items long or anything that was changed this year. Right, and I just noticed there is a new Memoji app on the watch. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh my god, there's so many things. I, <laughs> yeah, I, just, it, there's, yeah, it's hard to find all the little things. <laughs> Yeah, I just opened up my app screen. Like, oh, what is that? Okay, yep. Oh, um, yep, there it is. So we got uh, some new hardware. Series 6 is the the exciting one, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about SE as well. And I think you went ahead and ordered this one as per usual, right? Yep, yeah. Picked it up as soon as the store let me. <laughs> and do, do you hang on to your old hardware or you sell it? What's your? How do you handle that? Um, I, I have sold it for the first couple of years and then last year was the first time that I, uh, actually kept it. So I actually, um, have a series four and five now, and then the six is coming. So Very swimming cool. in Apple watches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you went stainless this year, first time. I did, yeah. Uh, a, a, a nice combination of gift cards that I have been holding on to for like a year, <laughs> and uh, some Apple Pay cash that I had sitting over, sitting around, uh, made it less painful. Yeah, I love that Apple be. Pay cash. I just leave it around for like when I need to do a Apple purchase at some point to lessen the load. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it was really satisfying to be on the checkout page and being like, oh God, that's too much, and then gift card. Apple Pay Cash, and then, oh, okay, that's actually reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I went uh, aluminum with the original Apple Watch in Series 3, and then mm-hmm. when they went stainless gold it's with Series 4, it's like, oh, I got it. That's that's I finally mm-hmm. got to do it, because that's also the year where the gold aluminum started to look terrible. Uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I love the stainless steel. Like It's such a nicer experience. It, just, it feels much more premium in a big way. Like I think you'll really enjoy it. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, and the my aluminum glass did get scratched at some point. Like it's 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 better. Okay, <laughs> uh, I think yeah. Um, and it holds up even like the gold stainless. Like I've knocked it around a fair bit. There are a couple mm-hmm. scratches, but they were very intense uh, things that I knew would <laughs> would probably not <laughs> end up well with that watch. Um, but it looks surprisingly well after a year of hard use. Like. Yeah, I'm curious about the weight difference. Um, I've always heard that the aluminum one is noticeably lighter than the the stainless ones. It is, but it's not like you're walking around with a dumbbell attached to your Okay, okay, good. good. <laughs> uh, so regular stainless, not the gold or not the graphite, right? Yep, yeah. I've gone with the dark uh, aluminum one for the past couple of years and wanted to mix up the color. And so this is going to be... F- wanted to make it feel totally totally new cool and then what uh, band did you go with um i got the new uh that woven um solo loop or yeah. whatever i'm super curious about these bands because i do hate that i need to like put it in the pin and sometimes the bin the pin like catches on things and it does add thickness to mm-hmm. the watch band which at times when i'm sweating can cause a little uncom- uncomfortability where mm-hmm. having solo just would 
fix that. Um, and I, I just need to figure out what size, I guess, to <laughs> what was the process like for figuring that out? Yeah. So that was kind of a, an unexpected wrinkle in the, the frantic, let me order, order <laughs> right. back order forever. <laughs> like print this thing out. And, right. Yeah. So I, they're like, go ahead and print this out. And I was like, I don't have time to print. Like I'm on, <laughs> I'm like, I'm on my iPhone. My 20 year old printer isn't going to print from my iPhone. I need to, ah, okay, let me see. And then I like ran to the garage and grabbed a uh, measuring tape. <laughs> and was like, this is good enough. <laughs> and so I, I hope I got it right. Yeah, I wonder how swapping bands will be, if they'll be good with that. Yeah, it was actually kind of nice because when you, you give them your measurement, like here's what my wrist is around, and then they give you like two size options and they're like, okay, this will be kind of a snugger fit if you're uh, going to be more active with your watch. And then this size is going to be a little looser fit. So you can kind of pick which one. Uh, based on your wrist size you want oh, to nice. go with yeah but it is it, it did feel totally like a just a wild guess like there's a chance i'll get this watch band it won't fit and i'll just be like well that was a waste <laughs> but yeah, yeah i mean it, i'm sure swapping the band shouldn't be too crazy i'm sure apple's understanding of that like this band seems like designed in a time where you could try these on in stores totally like i can totally see the uh the the world where they have like this set up at the apple store where you can try on these like faux bands and they get, get you get exactly the right size and everything and that right now i'm thinking like well first off i'm not going there unless i absolutely have to and second there's no way i'm going to be trying on these watch <laughs> bands that other people are right. doing right now oh gosh so speaking of materials they got rid of for this year at least the old um edition the ceramic yeah i was sad to see it go like i was never ever ever going to buy one of those but i always liked that they existed i loved like the white ceramic like that was oh, my yeah. dream apple watch i wonder if it'll, if it'll make a comeback in follow-up years they sometimes bring back materials and take them away and mm-hmm. yeah because the i think the additions went away during like the series like one two era and like came back or something it's, it's hard to remember at this yeah. point but they sold sure. the titanium which is mm-hmm. a small increase from the stainless in price yeah yeah it's a fashion item so you know things come in they go out you get them while you can they come back it's all exciting <laughs> yeah my disappointment with the uh the stainless gold is they updated the color so it's yellow gold so my melanie's loop which is paired with mm. my gold will not work so if i do end up upgrading at some point in the future i would also need to get the updated milne's gold so it doesn't look off yep. like that's just annoying like i can't update just the core watch anymore i have to get both if i want the gold yeah Milne's. that's annoying I've, I've got the black milne's loop and that's not going to look right at all for me anymore so i'm screwed either way <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh the darth vader black watch is gone that's graphite now yep well, it's a it's a lighter year. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, they they change up the finishes. Yep. You should just use sport bands all the time, and they never match, and it's fine. And you just <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell the sport okay. band is amazing. I am still wearing as my daily driver most days um, that sport band I got with my 2015 original Apple Watch, the navy blue with the gold pin matches mm-hmm. the gold on the stainless quite nicely and it looks brand new some five and a half years later it's crazy wow yeah that's that's impressive like the leather ones don't hold up nearly as well they hold up well but the uh mm-hmm. that floral elastomer <laughs> that stuff is like i don't know it's, it's amazing <laughs> yeah it's it's almost like plastic doesn't biodegrade and it's <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> not Imagine to get too that. dark but Imagine yeah yep. <laughs> oh gosh so blood oxygen is the major new hardware sensor they added this year do you care at all about this uh ability <sighs> 
I mean, I minorly care. I think it's one of those things where like I'll care if it gives me an alert that says, hey, you might have an issue. Um, but I yeah. guess I'm not super concerned by it in my normal day to day. It's like it's it's a thing that I never even thought that I needed to think about. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm healthy and that's lucky and everything. But yeah, I, I think it looks cool. Yeah, um, and I'll, I'll definitely play with it. And it's more relevant now than it typically is, apparently. Yep. Yeah. But so it's a yeah. warning sign of being infected. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's okay. It's n- if I was a normal person, I don't know if I'd uh, considered enough to upgrade for. Um, yeah, but... EKG is more exciting of a future, I'd say. Like it's like, yeah. oh, it's my live heart versus just oh, there's oxygen there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank God there's oxygen in my body. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess it, I mean the metrics could be cool. Like uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, workout, see if that changes things, or I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look more into blood action and um, I guess what you can do to affect it in different ways. I don't know. Yeah. Altimeter has always, or it's been on the watch for a while, but the difference this year is it's always on versus just occasionally operating, I guess. Yeah. I, I think previously it only worked when you were doing a workout. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it kicked on when you started a workout and then turned off after that. This one kind of feels to me like last year when they announced that there was a compass in the Series 5 and people were like, there wasn't a compass already? <laughs> <laughs> we kind of thought there was. <laughs> so like, it's 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 like the most minor of updates. It's like that thing that's already there is on all the time now. Yeah. The compass finally came in handy like two weeks ago for the first time. I My phone was dead and I was, had my watch mm-hmm. out. And you did know which way to go on this um, this walk I was going on. And like, oh, that's the way I need to be walking. That's the right direction. Nice. So that it, it it's nice when it comes in handy, but it's not that often. <laughs> <laughs> the really exciting thing I think about Series 6 is not the blood oxygen or anything like that. It's the two mm-hmm. and a half times writer always on display. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's It's like, oh, that's the one thing that might get me to... It makes me want to upgrade, but I'm not going to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the the crazy thing is like when I because I've used Android uh, based smartwatches and Samsung ones as well, and like the thing that stood out to me about the Series Five when I got it is how bright the screen was. Yeah, because in comparison, it's really bright uh, to those other watches, and so to like the next year come out and be like, look, it's two and a half times brighter than it was last year. Like I was like. I, that's basically the regular brightness. <laughs> so right. I'm, re- I'm going to be really curious to see like what it looks like uh, in direct sunlight, because I feel like I haven't had an issue with the always on screen, like being too dim. Like I feel like I can always see it pretty well, Yeah, but this is certainly better. And as long as it doesn't kill battery life, uh, it sounds like it'll be uh, a big improvement. Cause like, again, the, the dream is that there's no difference. There's right. no difference between always on and just regular on. Uh, it's just your, the screen is there and it's always ready for you. And I guess they're only going to trigger this in outdoor settings. Uh, like it sounds yeah. like we're just going to do it when it's extremely bright and we know it's hard to see versus all the time, probably for battery life concerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes sense. I think. Cause indoors um, it's, it's generally pretty visible, like depending on what watch face you end up going with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the uh, the iPhone does something. I, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure the iPhone does this too, where like max uh, brightness indoors versus outdoors is is actually different. Like it'll get brighter outside uh, than it will indoors if you're in dim lighting. Yeah, I'm curious if you have an outdoor job and uh, what your battery life would be versus someone that's like mm. a desk worker inside. Like uh, that's just that'd be very curious because I'm sure this battery life is tested in a in some kind of setting where it's probably more indoors and outdoors is my guess yeah i 
I, I, I don't know. I would hope that it would be similar, but yeah, if it's going to be two and a half times brighter all day, um, that, that could be, could have some impact. I wonder if there's a way to turn it off. Yeah. Uh, it's pro- the Apple way would be no, but no, yeah. <laughs> um, conceivably there's a, there's a setting for that, but yeah. yeah, maybe the battery life is, well, they advertise the same battery life. So yeah, I'm curious, like, uh, they, it's probably bigger battery and it's, accommodating for the brighter screen but they said the it's the s6 chip that's enabling this right it's nothing Mm -hmm. extra special yeah yeah this is it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to get them in hand and 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 figure out exactly how all this works (laughs) rather than parsing the 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 words that they used in the in the presentation yeah it reminds me of the series three to four transition the three had cell but the four mm-hmm. I noticed, oh, I can get cell signal in this elevator that I used not to get signal in. So like the Rev 2, they kind of tweak it and make it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- this year they also added a uh, five gigahertz uh, Wi-Fi support. Yeah, I saw that. Which is good. Um, another one of those things where I-, I was like, it didn't do that already? <laughs> really? <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, U1 chip is in there as well for when it becomes your car key. Yep, which is which is great uh, for me and like my house. It's going to be more useful for uh, finding it <laughs> when it gets lost. Oh, like, yeah. I never lose mine, but my wife doesn't wear. My wife has one. She has a Series Four still, but uh, she doesn't wear hers as often, and she's more likely to like put it on when she goes to work and then take it off when she gets home mm-hmm. and not wear it around the house. So like, there are days where she's like, "Where did I put my watch?" And like, you like listen for the the ding, and like, it's challenging sometimes to like find wherever it went. <laughs> yeah. So being able to like do that thing that magic thing where like it'll tell you exactly like what direction to walk is uh is gonna be cool yeah and i think that's the main thing with you you one chip Mm -hmm. um yeah and the five gigahertz wi-fi when you're on wi-fi it's super nice for downloading stuff like i'm i use outcast as my podcast app on the watch because it's kind of the best built for apple watch podcast app Mm -hmm. and you can just load that sucker up with tons of podcasts there's 32 gigs of onboard storage now so uh, and I think that's the name with Series 6. I don't even know if I saw that anywhere with storage. Yeah, they never really announced that. I feel like that's a thing we only discover when they ship out to people and people go into the settings and find out. But yeah, you can download podcasts super fast with Wi-Fi and this will make it even better. Um, and then um, we kind of missed over the fact that red and blue are aluminum color options. They're very vibrant, uh, dark iterations of those colors. and They look really hot. Yeah, I was tempted to not go stainless steel just for that blue one. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was real tempted. Yeah, the blue looks super nice. Uh, like, they're not like regular, like, metallic colors. They're like, oh, they're just fun colors, which is a different, mm-hmm. which is a change from previous iterations. Either they'd be like white stone or like some kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think this is going to lead to, uh, are we going to see iPhones in these colors? I sure hope in a so. a few weeks. And I hope it's I hope not. I so too. Uh, like the iPad Air has these weaker, less saturated colors, and I really mm-hmm. hope the Apple Watch is the model of the phone colors because I don't want a weak looking color. I want something bold. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, if I'm going with a colorful phone, I want a bold. Yes. Phone. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, if there's an iPhone 12 Pro in that blue, uh, that's uh, that's the one I'm getting for sure. Yep. Yeah, I'm going with the smaller smaller 12 because i want the smallest phone apple will sell me <laughs> oh yeah yeah that 5.4 inch uh, yeah. screens i guess it'll have a smaller notch is what we're hearing now too yeah yeah it's gonna be pff, that's gonna be a fun fun event yeah it should be good yeah it's uh i was surprised apple didn't say uh we'll see you soon to talk about iphone because they just didn't mention iphone at all yeah no they didn't 
which like as an Apple Watch fan was great. It was like this is clearly the Apple Watch day. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's it. There's no no fighting for attention. There's no like going on YouTube and seeing like hands-on impressions with the iPhone and there's 12 million views and like hands-on impressions with the new Apple Watch and there's like 2 million and it's like, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Fine, yeah. it's not as popular. <laughs> right. But yeah, the Apple Watch is such a super impressive platform. Like the year over year improvements have been just remarkable. Like mm-hmm. even just like two and a half times brighter screen on always on. It's like that's great. So like hopefully next year that means third party apps will be able to use always on and that will finally be the year always on is just like magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the thing that like kind of really got me was that ad that they showed where um they the new ad where they're basically the joke was that someone was saying like wouldn't it be great if in the future we had this magical device that like did an ecg on your wrist and tracked your blood oxygen and did all this and like warned you if your heart was rhythm was out of let you call when you're like exactly uh, and it's like oh it, it already does that it does that it does this it does that and it's like yeah like it doesn't it never like every single update doesn't seem like insane but like when you put them all together and to see like kind of where it is the platform's grown a ton and like apple's focus like of making this more of like a health device and fitness device um with some like computery stuff rather than the computer watch that it kind of was in the beginning is is really showing and i i think that it's it's a much better and much more unique product um for it yeah like you just don't see people talk about this way about uh the other smartwatches on the market like they're just not at this level not even nearly yeah there's so much energy behind it like it feels like a product that apple loves in many ways like their attention is on it and they just mm-hmm. they're just yeah they're just on it and uh, uh but the ipad adding touch id to the sleep wake button i was thinking about this you couldn't put touch id in the crown because of ekg that yep. would conflict but Maybe you could add Touch ID to the watch in that sidebar. Sure. That would be interesting sure. for some you totally situations. Could. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I'm not sure if, it, if it's big enough. It, it's probably big enough. Um, you could get a fingerprint sensor on there. Yeah, and then when Apple Watch goes totally independent, that could be useful versus you could have a longer pin and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. that would be certainly a helpful thing if you're not having an iPhone anymore for your main device. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I mean, not to get to... Uh, I mean. No one listening to this is going to steal my watch. I hope. But, uh, I always, I always set the same pin on my watch, like for every every one I get, and like I always get the warning uh, that says, like, "Are you sure you want to use this?" Someone could guess this relatively easily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my watch is pretty much always on me, so it's like less than the worry of my iPhone getting hacked into. I feel, mm-hmm. but yeah. it does have my credit cards on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, theoretically, you could guess it and do an oh, an Apple Pay payment. Yeah, but... sure. Uh, yeah, in prior years, I'd I'd try to sell my watch in person and make a nice margin, but that doesn't happen mm-hmm. this year. So uh, no, mm-hmm. no, even glimmer of me wanting to try to upgrade because, like, I honestly think the Series Five, like the two and a half times screen brightness, that's the only thing that's like, oh, that might be really exciting to experience, but. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll see what they have in store for Series uh, 7, I think, this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a smart move. If you're, like, I, I do reviews and everything, and it's not technically a business expense, but it's basically a business expense for me. If I was a normal person, like, my Series 5 is still great. Like, there's no reason to update Yeah, uh, if you got one last year, especially with the price. Like, I mean, these, these aren't, like... It, incredibly extravagant but like four hundred dollars or more for a watch is uh not a thing you necessarily want to do every single year nope definitely not yeah this was yeah i've gotten the three four and five so i'm 
I'm ready to take a, a year off. <laughs> uh, yep. But yeah, if you're updating from like the four or the three, especially like it's a, it's a huge update because you're getting the bigger screen. You're getting the ECG from last year or from two years ago. You're getting the, uh, uh, the new blood sensor. You're getting the more performance. Uh, all these new watch faces are exclusive. Uh, so even the watch faces that have been added in the four and five, oh, yeah. from the three, you have like a whole new suite of watch faces to get. So it's uh yeah, I mean, it's, if you're going to buy one every like two or three years, it's a huge update. And the series three is still available uh, because they couldn't get the SE pricing down to yep. that level. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. So the SE, it's basically a series four with some six internals without EKG. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Basically a series four um, performance wise, no uh, always on, no ECG. So it lost that from the series four. And then, yeah, I, I, I kind of lost track of exactly what from the series six. It always has. on altimeter, I think. Is that the only thing? I don't know. Mm. Again, the most exciting feature in the world, the always on altimeter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I wonder like what the series four eBay market is. And if you could get a nice stainless for around the same price as a new SE and then you'd have EKG and yeah, I mean, I you know. probably could. Yeah. But yeah, the SE is super interesting that they're introducing that. And eventually that'll probably be the one ninety nine price point, And that's probably what they want to do next year. Yeah. It, it, it definitely seems like the S or the three is only around because they want that price point. It's like when they kept the air around when the MacBook was released. Yeah. Uh, where it seemed like obviously the MacBook is the new air, although the MacBook is now dead. Um, so long live the air, I guess, but like yeah. they needed that nine ninety nine laptop and they couldn't get it with the, uh, with the MacBook tech. So they kept the air around. Yeah. I was curious with the SC since they, there's no EKG, if they would bring back the series three red dot, because that's one of the reasons this series four didn't have the red dot and mm. a ring. Mm-hmm but they did yeah. not bring back the red dot. <laughs> Dang. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No. Anything, uh, anything else Apple watching and cover that you want to before we wrap it up? No, I think that's it. Uh, it was a, it was a g- good, good update. And I think that SC is going to be really, really popular. Um, I think people will be most disappointed with the always on screen, not being there, but yeah. I mean, at the price point and like, it looks just like the fancier one. So I think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be basically the default option for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's weird they didn't bring the blue and red to uh, the Series 4 for the aluminum as, like, a, I guess that's, like, an upsell to the Series 6 to get the colors. Yeah, I guess so. I, it's the Colors are kind of weird with Apple. Like, with the iPhones, the less expensive phones get the more fun colors. Yeah. Uh, and the more expensive ones get the more, like, classically premium, expensive-looking ones. Uh, but it's kind of the opposite here. Yeah, definitely. Which is, yeah, that's how the Apple Watch goes, I guess. Um, yeah, Apple Watch does its own thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so next year will be another exciting year of watch updates. And <laughs> uh, yeah, Watch OS 8 is next year, which is crazy. It's uh, seven years in already. Crazy, crazy. Or six, how... six, I got five and a half, six. I don't know. It's crazy. We're at five, seven. Five, we're at five, five and a half years. Yeah. It was they, weird because they did like oh, Watch OS 1 and then like four months later shipped two. Uh, watch OS yeah. 2. Yeah. <laughs> We're on a weird schedule. So where can people watch your review? That's right. You can watch it this year as well as read it and uh, all the other work you're up to. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a YouTube channel called A Better Computer, and uh, you can watch the full review that I did of it there. Um, and then uh, you can find all of my work at birchtree.me. Uh, there's a written version of the review as well. So if you prefer to read it and just kind of skip around to the spots you want, uh, you can do that too. Uh, that's birchtree.me. And uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Matt Birchler. I think those are all the things. Very <laughs> you'll, cool. 
you follow me at any one of those places you'll uh, you'll get all the all the stuff that i'm working on awesome and yeah the youtube stuff's awesome a better computer is really fantastic awesome thank you so much well there you have it my discussions with jeff and matt about the september 2020 apple event thanks again to jeff and matt for their time recording this episode and thanks to you for your time and attention as a reminder, you can find Jeff's awesome iPad newsletter at tablethabit.com and Matt's work, including a fantastic review of WatchOS 7 on birchtree.me. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash iPad pros. With that, thanks for listening. I'll talk to everyone again real soon.